You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Some tremendous story before us today, Judah. Judah was one of the older brothers, the elder brothers. And Judah knew better. Judah had great heritage. But he said, by trying to discourage his brother, there's too much rubbish. The walls are broken down. The gates are burned with fire. We can't get it done. There's always those negative cheap rain clouds around. In addition, the adversary came. The next verse, they said, it can't, can't be done. In addition, the rulers and the rulers and those in authority and the nobles, they tried to uh, conquer the people. Said, you can't build a wall. Can't build a wall. And so here comes the cupbearer, Nehemiah, and he's trying to challenge these people. Let's get this thing done. It has to get done. I notice when we get to verse number 14, and I looked and I rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is, what's that word? How about verse 19? And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is what? Great. I want to speak to you about the work's great. I think life is great. If you text me and I'm texting you back and preachers that are listening know if they ask me a question or if they say something to me on, get so many texts on a Sunday morning, I'm texting back, have a great day. And I'll always, every time I use the word great, in any text, if I text you, it's always capital letters. I love the word great. I think everything in life should be great. 1,127 times you find the word great in the Bible. My last many several Bibles, including this one and a new one that I'm using at home right now, I go through and with red, double and triple underline the word great our greater, our greatness. I have every great, all 1,127 in the last many Bibles I've used underlined because I don't want to live my life that life is okay. We'll sort of make it one day. I think life is great. And the last day I draw my last breath, I still hope and pray that I live my life that it is great. Great means, it's just, you know what it means. It means large. It means enormous. It means outstanding. It means very important. It means it's noble. It simply means it's cheap. It's principle. And life today is a great day. Why? It's Sunday. And tomorrow's going to be a great day if the Lord cares and we live because it's Monday. And Tuesday be great. And Wednesday be great. And Thursday will be great. Every day ought to be a great day. And whatever befalls us, it's a great opportunity to serve God. It's a great opportunity to see God's hand at work. I want us to live with the idea as a church that, that everything we do, we ought to feel and sense it's great. Our young people in college for these 20, 
six years. We're getting ready. It's 27 years. We're getting ready for their 26th graduating class. And if they've been around, they know that what, they could complete this, this sentence. Maybe you could help me, some students that are here tonight. Because the ministry is great. It is great. It's just great. I can't believe that God would choose someone like me and put me in the ministry. What a great God. What a mighty God. Psalm 48, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation. What a great God we serve. I like what he says in Lamentation, great is thy faithfulness. Large, enormous, noble, big, the best. Life, you, know, you say, well, I'm married. It ought to be great. And if it's not great, you watch, it just may turn great. Don't throw, out, throw the towel in now. Sometimes I see some marriages that struggle for days and for weeks and for months and sometimes years, and all of a sudden it's like a light comes on. How that marriage is a happy marriage. Sometimes you go through battles in a marriage and sometimes with children, but you know, being a, being a husband or being a wife, it's great. And being a parent, it's great. And being a child, it's great. And being a Christian, it's great. Whatever God's given you, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job. No, you, God gave you a good job. It's a great job. It's a great job. If they're causing you to sin and get away from God, leave that job and get a better job. Life is great. Don't walk around. I feel so sad. Once in a while I get to see these bus, these children getting ready to get on the bus Monday through Friday. Once in a while I'll drive by and I'll see them standing at the bus. They're all on their phones. No one's looking up. No one's looking up. Everybody's looking down. No, literally, go, go, the bus stop right here, just right across the street. Look. To go by tomorrow, I don't know what time it's there, but go by tomorrow and see, they're all looking down. They're not talking. No one's laughing. No one's smiling. It's so sad. Here's a teenager at the greatest time of their life, and there's no joy. Life's great. It's what you make it. It's what I make it. Oh, life is hard. Last week we spoke about the journey of life. Tonight I want to speak about this subject. The work is great. What God has given you to do, it's, it's a great thing that God's entrusted in your care. Notice what he says again, verse 19, the work is great. They were working in the Lord's work. It's great. Family is great. Jobs are great. Life is great. Wherever God has you, because it's great, I want to point out some things in this text tonight. If it is great, I believe it is. Dear pastor, I believe pastoring that church that's not growing, it's a great thing to pastor that church. If you're growing, if you're building buildings, and if you're advancing, if you're moving forward, or if the church is losing membership right now, it just may change next month, next year. God may do something real special there. God may might be preparing you. I think of our missionary in the Navajo uh, nation down in uh, in uh, Arizona, New Mexico, Brother Chidi, he preached, what was it, six or seven years, every Sunday to his wife and his little children, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and not one Navajo came. It was, I think, seven years. 
He's been there 40 some, 45 years or plus. Somewhere after about seven years, that thing kicked into gear. And 10 began to come Navajos and 100 and 200 and 300, 400, 500, 600 Christian school established. Buses are running. And, and God, you know why? He just stayed there because he thought the, 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 the Navajo nation is great. He was in a body bag zipped up in a helicopter in Vietnam, pronounced dead, and God allowed him to live. You think that guy's gonna quit just because seven years no one comes? The ministry's great, life is great. Wherever you find yourself today, don't be such a stick in the mud. Uh, uh, some things I want us to see, if it is great, if it is great, put effort into it. If Bible college is great, put effort into it. If Christian school is great, put effort into it. If marriage is great, if a Sunday school class is great, if a bus route is great, if raising children is great, put effort into it. Look what he says in verse 21. So we, what's that third word? So we labored in the work. That word labor deals with blood, deals with sweat and, and effort. We labored, look at verse 22, the latter part of the verse, labor on the day. Would you notice in verse 23, so neither I nor my brethren, my servants, the men of the guard followed me, not to put off our clothes, saying that everyone to put them off for washing. We just, we just worked and worked and we took our clothes off and changed into something else. We just kept working. Parenting's not for sissies. It takes work. It takes the middle of the night getting up and changing their diapers and, and, and feeding them and caring for them. It, it takes a lot of work in, in school work and transportation and activities and raising money and correction and training and love and respect and evening prayer and Bible time and tell them you love them and, and going on rides and activity and playing together. It takes work, 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 labor. I believe America could be salvaged if we, I include myself as preachers, would work in the work of the ministry. I don't think the work of the ministry is to play on your computer all day long and call yourself a pastor. I don't think the ministry is getting on your cell phone and talking on the chat rooms. That's a waste of time. I don't even know how to do it. I think it's a waste of time to just go for, for coffee every day and go for lunch every day. I don't have time to go to, out to lunch. There's so much work to do and too little time to get accomplished. Chapter two, in chapter two, he's talking about work. Look what he says in verse number 18. Then I told them the hand of my God, which is good upon me, as the king's word had spoken. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands to this good work. Chapter four. Verse number six, so built we the wall, and the wall was joined together for the half, for the people had a mind to work. Verse 15, the Bible says they, they, they worked together. Verse 16, they worked together. And verse number 17, they worked, work, work. I heard a man several years ago say, good night, I come home at the end of the day from work, I'm just tired. 
And I thought, well, you're supposed to be. That's what life's about. You come home, you're tired. You sit in a recliner, you have a bell, and you ring the bell for the little woman to come. And, and she says, yes, sir, I, I want some peach iced tea, please. And I'll be right there. I'm sorry I didn't have it already. It's, it's wonderful being married. Amen, fellas? When was the last time you tried that? You men are not even smiling at me. You know what's going to happen. You know, maybe a lady ought to come home from work, and she ought to have a little bell and ring it around our head and say, hey, Ralphie, iced tea, please. I don't know what's good. You know, life is work. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. I would never want to be rude to a man of God. But I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds are watching now. I hope you have a week plan that you're going to work. I hope you're going to work at prayer. I want to work at prayer. It's one of the hardest, most difficult things I do. I hope we work at prayer. It's agonizing. It's heart-wrenching. It wears you out. It'd be easier to dig a, 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 a ditch than to pray. It's difficult work. It wears you out spiritually, emotionally, physically. You pour your heart out to God, and your, your, your spirit is in this thing. Your prayer life is in Your heart is in it physically. You pray, and are we going to study, pastors? Are we going to study the Word of God? Because the sheep need to be fed from something that's fresh. Pastors, can we study? Can we pray? Can we take time for people? I'm talking about young children. I'm talking about elderly and everything in between. Can we take time for people? Can we expect people to wait on us? No. Can we wait on people? Oh, I know sometimes things happen like this last month. You have just gone way overboard. You have helped us so, so very much. And I'm wondering tonight, if you understand, my job is to help you. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. I say to you tonight that we need to put effort into it. Secondly, if it is so great, we need to put prayer into it. I was in this text, not this text, but I was in chapter one about a month ago. Remember 1-1, one, one, the month of Chelsea, which was December, and 2-1, the month of Nisan, which is April, four, four and a half months. He spent four months in prayer. If you have a son or a daughter or sons and daughters, whatever it might be, they are never taken off your radar. We, our kids have been out of our home now longer than they were in our home. We had them for 18 years, basically, in college, and, they get, and then they get married in their 20s. They've been gone a long time now. Our father and mother's prayers are not done. Well, I know they all have their own homes, and they all have, the three kids have 14 kids now. But you know those kids, they ought to have a dad, had a mother, a papa, and a nana that would charge the throne of grace on their behalf. 
Imagine what it is to be a parent in this moment in which we live, the wisdom they need to have to keep this thing right and spiritual and balanced and everything, everything going at the same. You know must, how, how it must have been, I think, easier when we were parents than it is today. I have a Sunday school class. Ms. Trevor, I have that, and I have that. You know how important it is that we pray for your children? You're trying to raise children or trying to establish a marriage or trying to establish a home. Do you know the responsibility we have to pray? You hear dear deacons and deacons' wives, this is a great church. You all have 44 families that you're responsible to pray for. Would you pray for them? Would you love them? Would you go to the throne of grace on behalf of this one right here, this one right here? This doesn't happen rarely. It's only happened a few times, but I've been in a near accident where someone's blowing through a red light. And I think, God, just stop me. I think so often, I wonder who was praying for me right now. I wonder what little Little five-year-olds say, protect pastor, bless pastor. And they may not say all the right words, but, but they had a prayer on their heart. Our little second grader, our 10th grader, our college student, our widow, our widower, our a church member, so busy in life, but they took the time to pray for their pastor and his wife. I wonder how much God has protected us because someone prayed for us. I got some prayer requests, and I think, Lord, it's been there for decades. It's been there for decades. I remember coming here, Flo Bradley would remind me. She's the chairman of our deacon's wife. She passed away years and years ago. She said, you know, pastor, after they were here about 10 years, remember you told us one day we're going to have a college here. And one day we'd have a radio broadcast. I prayed for 31 years to have a 15-minute radio broadcast. 31 years. And God answered that prayer 31 years later. And on that day, Brother Moore, you'd know, I think on that opening day, without making a call, we had 100 stations. And God's taken it from stations, and we're on stations across the country. In addition to that, we're on the internet, we're on shortwave. But it took 31 years. 31 years. I want to be very cautious how I say this. We have so many godly young men in this church that are single. Have so many godly Proverbs 31 young ladies that are single. Oh, how I pray for you. And I want you to pray that, that God in his time would send the right person. Ladies, that you can complete this guy. He won't be complete without you. If something is great like marriage, put prayer into it. If, if something is great like being a parent and raising children, then put prayer into it. And tonight we see that, that Nehemiah says put effort into it, then put prayer into it. 
But I want you to see in chapter 2 and verse 17, put observation in it. And I said unto them, two words, ye see the distress that we're in. How that Jerusalem hath waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Wait a minute. Let me read that verse again. You see the distress that we're in. You see it. How that everything coming out of Washington, D.C., you see it there. It's garbage. Redefining marriage, slapping God in the face. Taking the lives of now 60 million, 65 million babies. 65 million. How, how in the world, and 100%, this crowd votes for that. They vote for transgenderism. They vote for girls, guys that were, were men, and now they've done things to their bodies, and so now they think they're a girl. They could come, come at 100%, 100%. And the Senate and the House voted for that on one side. Every Democrat, every Democrat. How could we get into a nation where our sacred halls that have scripture inscribed, how could we get that? I guess I could see how one crazy one, but every single one? How does our mind become so demanding? And you think it's bad now. And sodomy and all that's vile against God, he calls it an abomination. God gave him over to a reprobate mind to do those things that were not convenient. Men burning, the Bible says, in their lust for men and women burning their lust. And you think it's bad now. Hold on, friend. It's only going to get worse if we keep rejecting God. They don't know what to do with this fentanyl. They don't know what to do with the drugs. They don't know what to do with the homeless thing. They don't know. Every time a nation rejects God, all the result is everything is wicked and vile and nasty against God. Don't you see it? That's why maybe some men of God could begin to pray, oh God, for your sake, for your name's sake, and for the church, for my children. For my children, God, please spare this nation in righteousness. Don't you see it? Don't you see? Don't, don't you see it? Our churches are compromising. Don't you see it? The fronts of our torms look like nightclubs. All the different lights and activity. We're canceling church. All the, what, what, what are we thinking? I hope I have many more days. I've lived a long life. I've preached so much. But I don't want my grandkids to inherit garbage. Can't you see it? Our churches become weak. We have the program. We have the this. We have the that. We have the schools. We have the, the, the activity. But do we have the touch of God? And before I find that put observation into it, put prayer in it, put effort, put others in it. Chapter 2, verse, let us, verse 17, let us build. 
It's an amazing thing how God created this husband and wife. Those two become one. Pastor and people, one accord. Parents and children, one. Employer, employee, one. Do you realize it tonight? My job, he gave some pastors, teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. My job is to get you prepared with the men of God here to get you to do something for God. It's great. Let me go quickly and I'll be done. Put organization in it. If you have time this week, read verse, uh, chapter number Chapter number three. Chapter three, 13 ten times, you'll find that word next. And next to him, and next to him, and next to him. And you'll find many times more than that the word repaired. They repaired, they repaired, and they organized, and they built by their homes and put investment in that wall. So that 52 days, that wall that went around a city that housed, housed two million people, Jews, was protected. Lastly, let me say, and I'm not taking it there for the sake of time, but chapter 7, verse 71 and 72. If it's so great, put your money in it. Put investment there. This book has so much to deal with being great. <laughs> talks about the great toe. That's your big toe. The Bible talks about it. The Great Commission, Exodus 3, the Great I Am, the Great Flood, Genesis 7, the Great White Throne, Hebrews 13, the Great Shepherd, 1 Peter chapter 5, the Great Shepherd and the Little Shepherd, the Great Physician, the Great High Priest, seeing that we have a Great High Priest. Chapter 4, 14, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Master, what is the great commandment? Matthew 22, the great commandment. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. The second is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. A lot of great things in the Bible. Mary was great with child. I find in the Bible there's the great tribulation. There's a great multitude. There's a great earthquake. There's a great joy. There's a great storm. There's a great possession. There's a great famine. There's a great faith. I recall many, many years ago, Vinny, your dad, Mr. Grove, your dad, uh, preaching on the greats in the book of Acts. Great fear. Great joy. Great faith. Great persecution. Great grace. What a great God we serve. I want us this week, everything we do, see this great. This is a great trial that I'm going through. It's enormous, it's big. But I don't go alone. God, you're with me every step of the way. My hospital psalm, and I'll not quote the entire psalm, but for 47 years I've pastored this church, I've always read to you or quoted to you Psalm 86. Such a powerful psalm. 
Let me pick it up in verse 5. Because there's one word I want you to see. The Bible says, For thou, Lord, art good, plenteous in mercy. Give ear, O Lord, attend to the voice of my supplication. In the day, verse 7, of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou, thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, God. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee. And here's what I get to you. For thou art great. Thou art great. Thou art God alone. What a great God. No, no slip-ups with God. It, it happens to you probably like it happens to me, but every week something happens. It seems like these days it's earth-shattering. Every week. I've figured out this county hates us. This city hates us. Of all, we were, we were the fair-haired church for all those decades. The county hates us. The governor hates us. The state hates us. The rules and regulations they're trying to impose upon us. You say, well, where are we going to move? Oh, yeah, where are you going to move? Illinois? They're moving out of there because that governor's a nut too. Oh, Michigan? That woman's nuts too. New Mexico? Well, that lady's crazy too. Uh, where, where are you going to go? Wisconsin? I, I mean, where are you going to go? Oh, New England? Oh, yeah, that's real righteous. Oregon, Washington State, Nevada. Where, where are you going? Well, I know where, yeah, you know what? Everybody says, it's all Florida. Florida. Thank God for you folks from Florida that are listening. Not this last election, but the one before. Mr. DeSantis did not even win by 1%. Not even a half a percent. You almost had a totally different governor. And I don't know what you're going to get next time. Don't put your confidence in governors. Put your confidence in someone who's great. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.